Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It is Thursday, June 2nd, 5.57 a.m. Central Time as I speak here. July corn futures up two and a half cents at 7.33 and three quarters. December corn up two and a half at 6.94. July soybeans up 10 and a quarter at 17 dollars and a half. November beans up five and three quarters at 15.21. July Chicago wheat up 13 at 10.54 and a quarter. July Kansas City wheat up 18 cents at 11.46 and a quarter. July spring wheat up 14 and a half at 12.11 and a half. If you guys are listening on the podcast, as always, appreciate it, guys. Uh, leave me a rating or review on that Apple app in particular. Could use some more of those. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, guys. Help me out. Uh, Leave me a comment. Let me know what's going on in your neighborhood. If you'd like some additional information from me, go to my website, www.standardgrain.com. Check out my premium subscription service. I send my premium subscribers a ton of information direct from me every single business day, morning email before 6 a.m. Central, all of my grain marketing recommendations, a ton of weather info, charts, graphics. My daily subscriber-only videos are part of this. I did a subscriber-only video yesterday which was a mailbag video. I'll answer uh, several questions in one video. But the the question that came in the most here uh, this week was, are the highs in? Have the highs been posted in the row crop markets or in the wheat market? Was that our spring or summer seasonal high? I did my best to provide my opinion and and kind of answer that question, among other questions uh, yesterday. If you guys are interested in this uh, premium content, sign up today, 50 bucks a month. Uh, No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else, I promise. Ukraine's wheat harvest is likely to drop 42% versus last year. The Ukrainian Grain Traders Union estimated the crop at 19.2 million. Uh, last year's crop was 33. USDA is slightly higher with their estimate at 21.5. The group expects reduced exports to push ending stocks to record high levels. I think this goes for corn and wheat uh, in regard to the ending stocks. The group said that corn production could decline 31% to 26.1 million from 37.6 last year. I think USDA is way below that at 19 and a half for corn. Uh, The union expects Ukraine to be able to export 10 million metric tons of wheat and 15 million metric tons of corn this year, although current capacity cannot exceed 18 million for the whole season. So they're kind of double speaking here. And this was their quote. At the same time, exports from Ukraine in the new season can reach 30 million tons, provided that the throughput capacity of crossings at the borders of Ukraine is doubled. So I think what they're saying here is that these uh, rail shipments, that have gone over ground largely, they need to double if they're going to hit that sort of target. Now, all of this grain, corn and wheat in particular being stuck in Ukraine is a big issue. Uh, USDA is projecting record-ending stocks of corn and wheat in Ukraine uh, this year. This was a chart I had in one of my subscriber videos a couple weeks ago. But in any case, I mean, they're talking uh, corn-ending stocks of like 8 million metric tons, wheat-ending stocks about 6 million, which would both be record-high numbers. And these are numbers that could move higher over time. I think the uh, news has suggested that, you know, there's 20 million metric tons of corn stuck in Ukraine. So this number may very well get higher. And, you know, you look at like normal years, Ukraine doesn't really keep much around. They don't carry much over from year to year. But now you've got this huge surge in Ukrainian ending stocks, which I think just speaks to the idea that logistics are uh, maybe even a bigger issue than the shortfalls in production here when it comes to Ukraine. Now, uh, Ukraine is working continually 
to create a UN-backed mission aimed at restoring Black Sea shipping routes. Uh, Russia, of course, you all know the story by now. They've captured Ukraine's largest ports, the Black Sea, uh, and that region is largely under control of the Russian Navy. Ukraine's foreign ministry spokesperson said this today. We call on countries whose food security may suffer more from Russian aggression against Ukraine to use their contacts with Moscow to force it to lift the blockade of Ukrainian seaports and end the war. Opening up these ports, guys, is going to be a very tall task. Uh, In related news, UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres said yesterday that any agreement to unblock shipments was still some ways off. So I think this all seems very far-fetched that these ports are just going to reopen. I talked yesterday about how there is uh, infrastructure damage, uh, that sort of thing. This is something that even if an agreement were reached, wouldn't happen right away. I think it's unlikely that an agreement is reached anytime soon. China has declared victory over Shanghai's COVID outbreak. The nation reported its fewest new cases in more than three months. About 90% of Shanghai's residents were able to move freely for the first time in several weeks, according to uh, this Bloomberg article I'm citing here. The the party in China will continue to use its COVID zero policy. They claim that uh, Shanghai's victory is proof of that uh, plan's success. So a reopened China could be a positive for grain demand. It could also be a positive for fuel prices or it could result and higher fuel prices, I guess I'll say, uh, if there's increased demand and usage. So maybe kind of a double-edged sword here. Got some rains moving across parts of Texas into Oklahoma this morning. Most of the Corn Belt's pretty much blank in terms of the radar, radar, uh, barring uh, this far like eastern area of Illinois, a little bit over Indiana, uh, maybe southern Ohio, places like that, but uh, pretty much dry here this morning. Now, over the next seven days, you're going to see some accumulation in uh, northern Oklahoma, Kansas, a lot of Missouri, southern half of Illinois, those sort of places. Uh, This like kind of central part of Nebraska, Go catch some heavier rains, maybe southern, uh, south central, South Dakota, North Dakota, mostly dry. And then a lot of the rest of the Corn Belt is going to see, you know, up to an inch of rain. So, again, like I said yesterday, the rains are seen as being a bearish factor now that most of the crop has been planted, most of the corn crop at least. We've got some more time to go uh, in regard to soybeans. You look at your forecast and it's really like pretty benign. I mean, you've got uh, rains for uh, most of the Corn Belt being projected or above normal precipitation at least being projected through in the six to 10 day period and below normal temperatures. These below normal temperatures, especially in these northern areas, uh, could become an issue. I think there's going to be a point where they say, hey, we could really use some heat because we, we've been running below normal in terms of temperatures for a long time. And that's going to continue here. You look at the 8 to 14 and it's more of the same. I mean, above normal rainfall for at least the eastern part of the Corn Belt and then normal for the western part. And then below normal temperatures continue. So there, there will be a point here where uh, a lot of people are, are asking for some heat or could use some heat if these uh, forecasts hold together. President Biden is likely to visit Saudi Arabia as fuel prices surge. A trip to Saudi Arabia likely means a meeting with Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, or MBS, as people call him. Uh, The president and MBS have an interesting relationship. Biden blames the prince for the 2018 murder of U.S. resident and Washington Post columnist Jamal Khashoggi, which was a big national or international story. Uh, MBS is not the official head of state, but he seems to control most of the Saudi business dealings. 
Uh, to this point, the Saudis have stuck to their plan of only modest oil output increases uh, to this point, although the Financial Times reported, I believe just today, that the nation has indicated to Western allies willingness to increase output. So oil futures fell on that news uh, this morning. Now, gasoline prices nationally hit another record high uh, on a national average yesterday, according to AAA data, 472 per gallon nationally versus 419 last month and 304 the same date last year. Had a nice recovery in the livestock markets yesterday, big gains in cattle, feeder cattle, and in the hog market. Uh, we've still got a discount on the June board in cattle versus cash. Um, there were some bids at 135, offers at 136 to 138 uh, cash cattle in the country. U.S. dollars lower this morning. The S&P's up 20. The Dow's up 130. Uh, bonds up a little bit. Gold's up $10. Crude is down $2.96 at 112.27, I believe, on these Saudi headlines. Have a great day today, guys. I'll talk to you same time tomorrow.